Hello, this is Richard Fordham on Vesuvius, waiting for it to explode. And it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, and Anchor Podcast. But do leave any voice messages on the Anchor one. Now, this podcast is, is just a brief history of my songwriting, which since I'm now in the mid-70s has been going on for a bit of a while. Now, when I, when I started off life, I didn't have any intention of doing songwriting. I had music in my life from an early stage, but I carried on, went to Cambridge and did a degree and a PhD and, and all that sort of thing. And I didn't actually start songwriting until I was about 30. And the reason I did that is that I was thinking research projects of the kind I was doing take six years to develop and finish, whereas a song can be done in a day, so you can have a creative impact in a very brief time rather than taking years and years over it. Um, I know mathematicians who've spent their lives trying to solve problems that they haven't ever solved in their... They end up dying not solving it, but they've done lots of work on it, whereas, uh, as I say, songwriting is capable of being dealt with very quickly. So when I was 30, which is a big date as one gets older, I thought, I'm jolly well going to songwrite, so I did. And I started busily away songwriting. And it didn't occur to me for many decades as to why my immediate songs didn't score any great hits, which they didn't. I mean, they were quite good songs. Everyone liked them. And in fact, the man who said I was worth following as a songwriter is called Kimberly Rue, who became famous later on for a song called Walking on Sunshine, which he wrote for his band Katrina and the Waves. Um, And Kimberly uh, sang and played bass for me on my early recordings back in Cambridge, it was then. And he... Um, he advised me to carry on. It was worth carrying on, so I did indeed carry on. And so through the 70s, I was recording quite a lot of songs, and I wrote a rock opera called Zeus is the King. By that time, I'd moved to Oxford to pursue songwriting as a poly lecturer in the Oxford Poly. So I carried on songwriting and uh, you know, produced lots of songs there, and including this, um, this uh, rock opera, which was a spectacular failure in sort of commercial terms, but, uh, but quite a success in musical terms. So I was quite happy to have done it. But um, aside from that, I carried on uh, doing songs. And in fact, you can listen to them if you want on Instagram, where I'm called Music Fordham. And I put out, a, I'm doing, a, I'm going through my old songs at the moment. So every other day I shove up an old song with a bit of video on it. And uh, one can uh, pick up what's going on from that. Uh, what the one I most recently did was Avoid the Eyes of Other Men's Wives, which was a, a smoochy song, which I got a girl to sing. Unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the girl, but I did get a girl to sing it. And it's rather, it's rather effective, uh, looking back on it after 30 years. But other songs were rather more... Um, most of them had a sort of comic element to them. Wally was one that's uh, been put up recently. And... Um, uh, the Hotter Mr. Potter, which is about uh, torturing uh, a, a, a spy. Hotter Mr. Potter, hotter, hotter, red hot. And it's about shoving um, matches between his toes in order to encourage him to tell the KGB all that he might know. Um, I think the KGB is now called the FSB and is rather incompetent. But in those days, it was highly competent and generally got its man. And so this is about KGB torturing. Um, through the 80s, I carried on, and I had my my nearest to a hit in the mid-80s with a song called Shoot to Kill, which was played on the BBC by John Peel, who was then a very famous DJ. 
and his taste ruled. So the fact he thought one of my songs good enough to play was a great uh, cachet for me and my bandmates or the people I hired to play along with me, uh, many of whom I still know. Um, Matt Devereaux um, was a great ally from an early stage playing piano and saxophone. Milry Hughes was then a dropout from the Art Foundation at the Oxford Poly uh, and was the guitarist, or as it said in one review, minimal guitarist as in hardly there, because I think he'd taken something that night. But he did a splendid job on the guitar. But he's now gone to New York and is an artist in New York now. But the bass player, Wayne Noons, from Guyana, a wonderful bass player, he uh, remains very active, has his own band called Warrior Charge, which one can see on Instagram again. And uh, he he carries on uh, playing the bass for, for a living. Uh, he's the only one of us, actually, who managed to get to be professional and stay there. Matt Devereaux is a very multi-talented fellow who has earned a living but doing about 20 different things because he can sing, dance and uh, write music as well as play the piano and the saxophone. So he's earned a lot but never quite focused on which of his many talents is the best. So back in the mid-80s I had this uh, succès d'estime as it's called, as in it felt nice but didn't do much good for my bank balance, um, with Shoot to Kill which was uh, put on an anthology of, it was called Art Punk, I think, uh, by Cherry Red Records. So it did actually get published as a, as a record and um, this, that and the other. And I carried on writing songs during the 80s. But by that stage, I was still a polylectra, but I became enthusiastic about um, a w- working for, um, on a subject called Planning Gain, which was getting money from developers to pay for infrastructure like roads and schools and so on. So I kind of lost focus on songwriting during the late 80s and the 90s, in fact. So I didn't do a great deal during those the latter part of the 80s and the 90s because I was so busy doing my firm. And uh, so that, that was called Fordham Research, and that remained uh, my main focus, really, for quite a few, well, a decade or two. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't lose sight of songwriting. I simply hadn't got the time for it. But I did manage in 2006 to write an album um, of songs, which was put out under the title Unlikely, which indeed it was. But uh, there were a dozen songs on that. And I was joined for that album by a very young Isadora, my youngest daughter, who has a lovely voice. And she joined me on a song um called something like A Cow Jumped Over the Moon. I can't remember exactly the title now, but it's on the album. Um, and I was putting that up on Spotify at some stage. But anyway, it's um, he uh, she sang beautifully. And then uh, during the rest of that first decade of the 21st century, um, I didn't do much until after 2011. Uh, but Izzy wrote a lovely song called Haunted, uh, in about 2007, I should think, and so I spent a lot of effort getting that out, and it's on um, it's on Apple iTunes uh, still that song. And she, Isadora, is now at Music College in Brighton, and will no doubt have a glowing career when she gets going. Uh, but in the meantime, she generally accompanies me and comes and sings on my choruses, so as to add to the joy of the records. So the, the records I'm doing now because I've carried on recording since 2011 quite a lot, so I've got quite a large collection of records that have been done since then. Um, The current one is called Ho, um, 
really only because I enjoyed saying ho, but it was about it was attacking the tendency of uh, people to use slack language um, uh, and all sorts of phrases uh, which you hear uh, all the time, uh, such as um, I'm trying to think of any good examples. Uh, the phrases that people use all the time, like, um, oh, not unlikely, but I can't think what. Anyway, it attacks them. But in the meantime, it says ho at frequent intervals during the song. And Izzy did the chorus for that. And I carry on like that with her singing on my songs until she gets too famous to actually sing on my songs, which I fear will happen all too soon. But I thoroughly enjoyed my songwriting career. I've um, written hundreds of songs, literally, and um, I always hope still to score a hit with one, but it becomes less likely as you get older, obviously, because the average new songwriter tends to be about 18 nowadays, and I'm uh, the old 60 years older than that. But I keep on because um, hope springs eternal, as they say. And also I'm changing my my angle of attack because I was advised by one of my other daughters to do that. So I'm, my next song will be on a different, uh, will be more on what, what they call confessional my songs previously have all been vaguely comic, to uh, fantasies on this, that and the other. Whereas uh, from now on, for a bit anyway, I'm going to do confessional songs, and that's a completely different ball game, and we'll see what comes of that. I think I'll sign off at this point and say, have a good time uh, wherever you are, and uh, don't forget to put a message on Anchor's uh, podcast.